Today's episode is brought to you by O-Yoga, offering over 50 classes a week between their two studios in downtown Syracuse and DeWitt, New York. There are opportunities throughout every day to find your center and allow your mind to turn inward and examine the abilities of your body. O-Yoga offers all levels of classes from beginner workshops to hot and sweaty vinyasa flow classes. Come find the right class for you by signing up for the two-week new student unlimited membership for $25 and take as many classes as your heart desires. Also, O-Yoga's next yoga retreat to Blue Osa in Costa Rica will be February 16th to 23rd, 2019. Spots are filling up fast, so make sure to visit www.theoyogastudio.com today to secure your spot. Yoga retreats are life-changing events, and when you combine that with a magical country like Costa Rica, you truly cannot go wrong. Sign up today, www.theoyogastudio.com. Our world is a truly amazing place. It is full of wonder, beauty, and amazing people, most of which we will never see. I am Tyler, and along with my wife Tiffany, we are OM Travelers. Our goal is to see the world, create amazing experiences in our life, and meet as many inspirational people out chasing their dreams as we can. This show is my opportunity to bring their stories to you so we can all share in the lives, inspiration, and awesomeness that we seldom hear about in those around us. Please join us here and at Ohm Travelers on Instagram and be a part of our journey. Namaste. When you graduate college, you're supposed to go out and find a job. Most of us find jobs before we even graduate. That wasn't the case with me. I took my time, took a couple months over the summer, much to my parents' dismay, and ultimately found a job in the financial sector. The key here is, though, that through college, and maybe even growing up before college, we're always told that you go to work, go to school, you graduate, and then you get a job. Some of us become firemen, police officers, work in the financial industry, attorneys, teachers. There's a myriad of possibilities for us out there. I think we all want to hang on to college and the life that we want to live a little bit longer, but very few of us do. After leaving high school to follow a path of potential professional hockey, Dan realized that that was not for him. So while we're all graduating from college or making our way through our courses in college, Dan was out chasing after a professional hockey career. He realized that that was not for him, and then he needed to figure out what was going to come next. And then decided that he didn't want to work for anybody else, so he started his own company. Originally called Leeway Brand Clothing and recently rebranded to be called now Sea Culture Brand, It's a t-shirt and hat company, and that's where he started. He has much bigger plans for it, which we discuss in this episode. But the kid had an idea and went after it. And that's something that I wish I had thought to do or had the balls to do in my early 20s, but I certainly never did. I wish Dan all the best. It was a great interview, and obviously I appreciate his time to sit down with me and talk about how we started it, where the idea came from, and where the plans for the company are heading. So enjoy Dan's story. I know that I did, and I think you will too. Again, I'll have his website address listed down in the show notes of this episode, and make sure you check him out on Instagram, Facebook, and obviously the World Wide Web. Enjoy the episode. Today I'm here with Dan Tagliamati. We are in Fayetteville at his uh, world headquarters for Leeway Clothing, and Dan and I 
don't know each other. We connected on Instagram actually. And, um, he's a young kid out. I mean, truly chasing his dreams. So I'm, this is an exciting interview. Um, again, following, um, from a couple episodes ago with Cliff in the clothing industry and we'll have Dan tell his whole story, um, as we go here. So Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Tyler. Really excited. Awesome. Now describe to us, um, describe to us the world headquarters of Leeway Clothing. So you're in like a five by five little closet here and, um, this is my dad's, uh, building through, um, his home building company. And uh, just when I started getting some more traffic and traction to my business, I started to get um, more and more meetings and stuff with customers. So I decided to renovate a little spot, a little office um, in his building and uh, went from there. And this is my little HQ that I do meetings in. It's, well, it's a nice little HQ. Yeah, so. I painted it on myself. <laughs> well done. Save some money. So we're going to cover a lot of topics today, but I want to start off right at the top and describe the lifestyle, the brand that you're creating here with Leeway. Let's start with what it is, and then after that, we'll go to where that brand developed for you. Um, so the lifestyle is definitely uh, nautical. Nautical meets adventuring, mountain hiking, all that kind of stuff. So an outdoor company that has nautical um, tones and colors to it. And, uh, you know, I've got I've gained inspiration through a lot of companies like that, uh, Patagonia, Vineyard Vines and stuff like that, and trying to create a little bit of a hub in Syracuse where, you know, there is a point if you're a customer living in Syracuse that you would go and buy my stuff instead of possibly a Vineyard Vines or a Polo or a Patagonia, you know. I kind of wanted to create a hub here that would um, kind of make people proud of wearing my stuff and, like, the community that I'm trying to grow out of Syracuse, which is a very hard task at hand. Sure, but, yeah. I would imagine, out of any any area, whether it's right. a small city like Syracuse or a big one like New York or Boston. Syracuse is very conservative, and I'm sure you know that. Yes. And um, my dad told me, and this has stuck with me for um, a while, is if you can successfully build a business in Syracuse and have it run for a while and be profitable with it, then you'll be good for the long haul. And cut your ropes here on your home turf. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So where did... Where did the desire to do this come from? Let's let's yeah. just go right there. Pretty much out of the blue, if you think about it. But um, I'll give you my little story on how it started. So I was playing hockey in Connecticut, um, was playing junior hockey. I ended up quitting um, because I was just done with the, the sport um, and wanted to just have a career. And uh, that was turning – that was turning 21 – and uh, I'm driving home. I packed everything up in this U-Haul trailer with my truck and uh, driving on the highway. Wasn't listening to any music because I just I was just thinking for around six hours of driving. And just the idea popped into my head of, you know, why don't you start a clothing company? All I was, wear- was wearing was, like, Vineyard Vines and Patagonia and, like, the brands that I love to wear. And, you know, it just snowballed into an idea to create, like I said, a hub in Syracuse and a brand that's in Syracuse and stays in Syracuse because like you you see a lot of designers that actually come out of upstate New York 
Um, they move to New York. They go to FIT. They go to all those big schools, and uh, they stay in New York, and that's how they grow their brand, and they don't talk about their roots ever. So when I wanted to start something, that's that was my main objective is to stick to my roots, you know, create a brand here and keep it here, create jobs, get a big warehouse, and uh, just have a team here. And that's pretty much my 10-year plan with the company. Now, when you are driving home and hockey's done and yeah. you're thinking about this clothing line, what levels of – what were there levels of, well, research that you thought you needed to go through to do this or was it just kind of like I'm – I'm doing this because it. Th- you're in a you're in a in an industry where it's it's definitely um, I'm going to call it like a craft clothing industry. Yeah. Okay, so people make really nice, fun stuff that you're not going to get from the Tommy Hilfiger's, from the polos. Right. They try to do it similar, but it's it's a higher quality. It's a different price point, I mm-hmm. would say, to a certain extent in some cases, but it's just a better piece of clothing. But in the last ten years. There have been a lot of kids, yeah. people that have started these companies that whether it be ties or T-shirts or hats yeah. or whatever it might be that are not the big name players. But now there's such a strong build of those types of companies. So how did you figure you were going to play – did that scare you and how did you figure you were going to play into that? Well, it definitely – scared me but in the beginning i didn't know how flooded the market was because that's when you you know that's when i started doing research and then that's when you figure out wow there's a lot of brands you know (laughs) okay so that's normally where my thought process stops with most of my dreams that come in and go so i hit that point i'm like oh okay (laughs) on to the next thing because i mean i've always thought you look at the people that started the advantage you're like oh man like they're off in the keys and the bahamas and the caribbean and they're just making shirts and slinging ties it looks awesome (laughs) but then when you really think about it it's like it that's a that's a big thing yeah so when you reach that point of realizing how many companies there were out there doing this what went through your mind it did not scare me at all actually okay and um i think what scared me the most and not scared but what worried me the most is finding the quality and being different in that way so i mean a design is a design on a shirt right it's in my opinion it's the quality and um i you know i had to find i had to do a lot of research i had to do a lot of research and i'm still doing enough research i'm always learning yeah in this industry and uh, I learned something new pretty much every day especially with fabric and how fabric works and stuff so the biggest thing and the biggest hurdle with me and still is is finding the quality and from there if I ha- if I know that I have a good like base of quality clothing cottons and polyesters and stuff like that then I'm secure enough in my mind where I can snowball ideas into creating um, designs and stuff like that and logo placement and tag placement and, and you know stuff like that because when you get bad quality like I've had in the past which is good it's a learning experience you know you're just sitting there like why am I even selling this if it's bad quality now you have let's just clear let's just get this clear you have zero training in the clothing industry aside from wearing it your whole life zero okay actually I do have a kind of a small background in clothing okay my aunt owns a um a leather manufacturing company out of Utica. Okay. That 
makes um, military gloves okay. for the military and then gloves for L.L. Bean and other clothing. So it's not like I'm we're in the clothing space. But, but you didn't go to college no, for it. No, I have literally no, like, formal training and stuff like that. Or really business yep. training to a certain extent. So this was, I mean, this is what a lot of us dream of wanting to do. Yeah. It's just, just just sitting at our desk or, or at the hockey rink in your case yeah. and just, you know, throwing the throwing our hands up in the air, clearing everything off of our desk and just diving in with two feet. Right. That's scary. Well, that's, if you if you look at these brands... Um, and you and you just look and, and boil it down. It's literally an idea, an idea turned into a company, right? Like, and I, it's it was just an idea with me. And when I started doing research and figuring out, hey, this is possible to do it, then that's when I got more secure and started getting some more traction in myself. So where did you? So. Where did you start? Did you sit down at a computer and start um, doing up like designs? Yeah. Or, and, and how do you start to find the suppliers for? And I, I don't want you to give away all your secrets, no. but I mean, those are the it's things good, like it's good for people to know. Don't even that. know where you would right. start to find the quality, the fabrics, the cotton, and, and know what to look for. So, um, I I did a lot. My mom is very artistic, and because she owns a salon, and um, she was telling me when she was when she would go to shows for fa- uh, for hair there would always be a fashion show next to it there would always be a market show next to the show that she'd be going to in New York City so she's like why don't you just go and find these uh, manufacturing shows that are in New York City and go to one for a weekend and meet with manufacturers face to face because it's like an open market when you go to these shows and I did that secured my first manufacturer uh, out of China now Hold on to China for a second. Yeah. When you went to these manufacturing shows and you went up to these reps, they're used to dealing with big people. Right. <laughs> so when you went up to them and you said, hi, I'm Dan from Syracuse yeah. and I want to make T-shirts, did what was the reaction? They don't, that, that they takes, don't care. That takes balls to do <laughs> yeah. that. They, it's easier to work with manufacturers than you think. Okay. It's harder to work with retail. Okay. Um, so manufacturers want your business. They don't care if you want five Fair shirts. Enough. You yeah. Know, Once they, they sell the yeah. product, it's that's it, it. It's done. Right. Okay. So, and that's kind of like the cutthroat business about it, right? Um, to build a relationship with a manufacturer is hard. And they might you walk away, they laugh yeah. at you. They're like, "Oh, we just sold this kid." For you know, expensive. Yeah. You know? Right. Okay. But um, yeah. So we. That's hard. You know, it's hard yeah. to do that. And um, when I was meeting with these guys, I always had, I had a, I had a sheet of who what I wanted to talk about. Uh, pictures and ideas because I had nothing. I didn't even have a shirt that I can bring to them and say I should have done it when I was younger, but um, I should have brought a shirt, told them, hey, I want this made or not. But when uh, I met with these guys, I told them what I wanted. They gave me the minimum orders of the of the specific item that I wanted. And then, you know, I pretty much worked from there okay. and got my first order done. And that was two or three months after the idea. Wow. Okay, so... Go back to China. Yeah. Um, I worked, uh, I met a manufacturer in China That in that show. Um, got my first round of hats through him. Uh, wasn't, and actually they were blanks. They are blank hats, just the colors that I wanted. I went to a, manu- uh, uh, a printing company in Syracuse to get the logo sewn on. Um, and then from there I just started slinging them out of my truck. For real? Yeah. Where? Um, 
just to, you know, all my friends knew about it because I told them all. And they all wanted to buy it because those are your first customers. Sure. In any business. Okay. You know, your friends and your family are your first customers. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, <laughs> even, if, even if it's a bad idea, your friends and family are going to be there to help you and, like, give you some guidance and stuff like that. So it's always good to have kind of like a family and but, friends base. But they can only take so many hats. Yeah. So then where else were you going to try to um, sell these? Like farmer's geez. markets? So you're going to – geez, you're going to make me think here. So I, I started with an online um, – You had a website. A website, yeah. Okay. And that was getting some traction. It's like so, so people that you didn't even know, yeah, like the you just sent the right. website out, and people were actually. So what I did with that, and this was my first piece of free marketing, was I followed this kid on YouTube, who uh, had a decent amount of following, uh, a couple hundred thousand followers on YouTube, and um, somehow I found out that he put his address out, and he would always at the end of each video, he'd always open a box that someone sent him and review it and kind of show people. This guy was like a lifestyle vlogger. Okay. So he'd go through, and he's, he's from New York City. He's a BMX rider. And he'd go through the city, ride his, ride his bike, do some really cool stuff, go on like high top on like New York City and like take like time lapses and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly the lifestyle I kind of want my brand to be around. Okay. I sent him a hat um, in a box, gave him a note, said, hey, we're a brand out of upstate New York, a couple hours away from you. Um, really like what you do. If you ever want to give us a shout out, here's our tags and stuff like that. Here's our social. Here's our website. He ended up opening the box on his uh, video, wearing the hat, talking about leeway and stuff like that. Then wow. put, then tagged the website on the screen. And I was like, this is really cool. What's going to happen next? I get like 300 followers from there on Instagram. Like five, no, like 15 to 20 orders. Wow. Were you ready for that? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was. I had, yep. the, I had, the, I had the stock. Okay. Um, and that's another thing. you got to have stock when you do this. Yeah. There's a company I actually – there's a kid that I just talked to yesterday. This is funny. He's doing this thing where he's starting hats, starting on hats, but he doesn't have stock. He goes to this website that if he gets one order, he sends it to them. They, they make it and they send it out, drop ship it pretty much. But you lose a little bit of control over, I think, the you materials. Don't the, and you don't know the quality. Right. Yet, right. It's just a design. That's what I told Oh, them. yeah, that's bad and news. I was like, man, you got to figure out, like, you don't know what they're sending this right. customer, right? They could show you a sample, say this is the quality that we send out, take our word for it, right? Yeah. Send out something that's totally different. There was an episode, I don't know if you've heard the podcast, How I Built This. It's a, I was literally just going to tell you because you have the same voice of How I Built This. Oh, gee, oh, guy, rise, no way. Yep. Um, I wish. But um, so he did an episode with the guys that started Warby Parker, the online eyeglass company. Okay. And they were, they were four guys, I believe it was, in, um, in uh, graduate school. Yeah. And they started this company. Long, long story short, but when they first started getting their orders – they didn't have the stock. Like it, it just went gangbusters. Right. And they went crazy, and so for they were they were behind on orders for months and months and months. So that oh, can wow. be a real problem. Yeah, I haven't had I haven't crossed okay. that path yet. I listened to the Patagonia one. On that was really that good. was amazing. Yeah, that guy's very inspirational. Yeah, when very when cool. you have a business owner that says. Um, we don't want people to buy more of our clothes. Like right. they want new customers. A couple of years ago, they wanted to just stop. Stop yeah. making clothes for a while. But yeah. they encourage you to send your clothes back to get them fixed. Yeah. I have a jacket I'm going to send back this spring. That is the, that's the it's incredible. That's the business model I want to follow. It's amazing. Really, yeah, to a T. Like the quality. I, I tell this to people all the time when they're asking me like, like how many shirts did you sell and all that. I was like, dude, if I sell one shirt, 
that has the best quality that I can make. Yeah. It's better than selling a hundred with the terrible quality right. with my name on yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because a lot of our our nature is to really talk more about the bad than we yes. do about the good, which yeah. is too bad. And we're trying to change that. But. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> one so podcast at a time. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Working on it. Um, one T-shirt at a time. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, so the web orders start coming in. Yep. Okay, and then where did it kind of go from there? I had to learn on the job, and that's the best way of learning, in my opinion. Because you got to you yep. got to do your own accounting. I'm a hands on. You've got to do your yeah. own your own management of, yep. of orders coming in and out. Your stock. Your I mean, that's a lot of stuff to handle. I get I get one order, and they got I got one order. Then it spanned out within like a month or two, and then I got more. Yep. Right? So I got one order online. I figured out the packaging, what I wanted the packaging to look well, like. Yeah, this yeah. I, I didn't even think about yeah. that. So do you have like a special box that has leeway have, on it? or I have. Do you just yeah. slap a sticker? I mean. Sticker, I do. Every package that I send out, every single one is a handwritten note saying thank you. Oh, that's awesome. It. And I don't care how big I get, I'll always do a handwritten note yeah. to show, you know, wherever the company right. is. That's happened this, to me yeah. once. I've gotten that from, when yeah. I bought the bow ties for um, my wedding. Yeah. Um, when the bow ties arrived, the girl had written a had written a note. I mean, it's great. It's a, such a nice type. When I when I have clients that close in their houses, I I I try to follow up with it just a thank you note, like yep. a month after. It's it's attention, a hard thing to keep up with, but it, detail, for man. sure. Okay, That's so so go ahead. Different. So I always had packaging in my mind. That was that was going to be the thing that made me different from any other t-shirt company in Syracuse that was printing logos on a shirt and sending it out to uh, whoever. Um, I wanted to, I made sure because I remember when I was a consumer in clothing, I would get from these small companies, they'd send me a FedEx package with just the, with just the shirt or the item that I bought. Yeah. No sticker, no invoice, no nothing. Right. That's not how I wanted to be. I wanted to make it seem like this is a professional company. You're getting more than what you bought. Well, nobody knows unless yeah. you show them that. You yeah. got to get when you send out something. You're giving more than what you when what they receive. Yeah, it's so, nice to get a bonus. Even yeah. though I don't keep the stickers from yeah, Big Advance because I have a million of yeah. them, but it, I give them to my stepson. You always know you're going to get one. But it's now. always just nice. Yeah. It's like oh, that's cool. Imagine you not getting one. Right. right. Yeah. So when I yeah when I have stickers, the stickers are huge. It was the, they were the first items that I ever bought under my label. And under my name and logo. So I put stickers in the box, handwritten note, invoice, sent it out. And, geez, I've been doing that for a year and a half now. And, you know, I always get responses back. Hey, love the packaging. Thank you for the product. The product's awesome. And um, actually just recently we did a huge Christmas sale with uh, these coffee cups that we made. And um, this is a cool story. So I sent out a coffee cup to Missouri. I think a customer bought one before Christmas. There's a chip on it um, for some reason. I don't know. She sent a picture, and um, this is the first time I ever had to deal with a defective yeah. piece of clothing or item under my name. Yep. And um, rather than you know sweeping it under the rug, I had to actually act on it. Right. And uh, I gave her a brand new mug. And that's just I, I lost money there. Of but course, you don't. You yeah. can't think about it that way. Well, you'll get money in the right. end. Yeah. So then she gives me a email back saying, "Wow, this is really great customer service." And that's all I care about is customer yeah, right. service. You know. Yep. And to keep a customer happy is hard, but if you keep a customer happy, it's great. Well, in the long run, it's so much better. I mean, you you think you think about 
for instance, we were supposed to be flying out to Boston mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow, but our flight got canceled. So my wife tries calling JetBlue a few times, didn't get through. She's frustrated. Yeah. So then finally she gets through and she gets somebody. And the girl was extremely nice to her and extremely They're usually helpful. really good with that stuff. Makes a big yeah. difference because when you can – and I have that in my business. When people call me and they're stressed, if you can, yeah. if you can lower the stress level and just say, yes, sure, whatever yeah. – that goes such a long way instead of arguing yeah. with them and trying to get be right or get your final word out. Yeah. It doesn't matter. The in customer's the end. always right. It does, it all, right. It's they're always right. right. So where did the uh where'd the name come from? Um, How'd you come up with that? Okay, so I came up I'm pretty sure I had the name first and then the logo. Okay. I don't remember. But uh leeway um means freedom. It's a nautical term as well. Yep. And when I came up when I had that in my mind um, the logo started to formulate in my brain, and um, my friend from high school was dating this girl from the same high school that we all went to, and uh, she is a graphic designer that goes to SU. Yeah, I love the logo, by the yeah, way. That's, so that's cool. what sells. Yeah, that's okay, sells. so describe the logo. It's a sailor smoking a pipe. Old sailor. Old sailor yeah. smoking a pipe, and the way that this girl did it we sat down I'll always tell this story I love this story we sat down with her I had a partner at the time who's still my really good friend and um, we were like okay we don't want a sailboat as a logo we want it to keep we want to keep it nautical we want to keep it cool uh, she's like well what about a sailor like a head I was like okay well let's she goes on Google we come up with a couple of ideas and she has this pad on her computer that's like a pen and she just and it goes directly to her like her face and her computer and she just did like three or four lines of this logo just drawing it with like this digital pen yeah i was like that's it finish it let's go that's a beautiful logo yeah she ends up finishing it and um yeah you know we went from there the logo's amazing what was the excitement like when that cuz as you start to see this whole thing actually become real and tangible it's not exciting <laughs> no okay so describe that then um it's i mean yeah it's exciting when you know you get customers and stuff like that but it's i'm very hard on myself okay i am not complacent and that is probably kind of it might hint, it, i know it will hinder me in the future but um anything that i do i have to make it to my mind 100 percent correct what it's got to look like now, what does that mean to you? Because a lot of people say that. You know, right. a lot of people say that, no, I I'm not, I do things, you know, complete. But yeah. at the end of the day, they, you know, the dish makes it to the dishwasher or to the sink, yeah. but not to the dishwasher. So um, it's just, I guess it'd be product development and stuff like that is the biggest thing with me. Um, you know, working with employees and working with people. I don't have an actual steady employee. We do, contra- I do contracting mm-hmm. out with, with things, but... I think the biggest thing where I need to be, in my mind, has to be 100% perfect is the product. Anything else, you know, can waver a little bit. Now, have you run into instances where you you get stuff back to you? Because, yes. I mean, you're not doing the screen printing yourself. Yep. You're not weaving the the yarn. Yep. So what 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 has happened when, when that's gone on? Because that's... So me and Cliff, actually, I just had an issue with... Um, a product that I put in Cliff's store at American Reserve. Um, I ordered. This is the, this is really good for people that wants to start a clothing company. This is a really good story. So, I this was a couple months ago. I was rounding out my spring collection, um, and 
we had three colors of long sleeves, three different designs. Um, found a manufacturer that wanted to work with me, and um, this was in Bangladesh. So we, uh, I, g- I gave him all the, my specs, told him what I wanted. Uh, he did it. He got the samples out to me. I was, you always have to get a sample when you're doing clothing. Um, I proved on the sample of the logo on the front. It's a gray, it's a gray long sleeve with the logo on the front, and um, proved the sample. We go into bulk production. He sends me the bulk production. I review it. Looks good. And then a couple people buy it, and then I get starting getting emails saying, "Okay, well, this is shrinking. This logo's falling off." Oh, jeez. I was like, "Oh God," I was stressed out for for a week straight. Sure. But it's it has it had to happen at some point, mm-hmm. and you know I had to cut ties with my manufacturer, which was hard because he could produce pretty much everything. But I told him, I was like, "If the quality's not there, I don't want to do business with you." You know, I'm all about quality. That's just what my business is built off of. So what did you do to rectify the situation? Um, I had to buy back, this was the first time I had to buy back product through a retailer, which was Cliff at American Reserve. Um, we're cool. I mean, it's nothing, it just happens. It's business, right? sure. Yeah. He understands. Yeah, and he totally understands. And um, that's it. You know, I had to give out uh, discount codes to the customers. Yep. Um, and then send the product back. Yeah. But you don't get a refund from the manufacturer no, in that case. No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> which is bad because they don't do that. Right, right. Now, when as you've been starting the business and um, as it's been growing, have you what are, What are the the positives and negatives to getting your choosing to do your manufacturing overseas versus trying to find somebody here in the states to do it? So now I'm doing it in the states. Okay, so I'm going to be 100 in the states. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, that's so actually cool. You said that, but the so the positives with going overseas is the price, obviously, right? Yep. yep. The negative is the quality. The negative also is you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, you could, in my case, you could sign off on a sample that is great, sample quality, the logo placement's great, and you go into bulk production, and then either there's shrinkage in the cotton, or, you know, everything's off. So there's a negative in that part, but there's also a negative in the U.S. too. Uh, the pricing is very expensive. Is, is it is, a lot it, more? Yeah, it is, because they know what they're doing, right? And they know that they have a kind of an untapped market when you think of in-house manufacturing in the states. It's well, I untapped. feel like in the clothing industry, having the clothing made anywhere in the United States is like what we consider local. Yeah, right. You know. Yeah, and people like that, and that's a good. Right. It's, it's really good marketing, and it's good for you know business. Well, and I think these days people also like the fact that they're getting a product that yeah. was fully made. You know, it's one thing to purchase right. it from somebody that's local or buy it from somebody that's local, but to know that it was a product that was actually like start to finish yep. in the United States is like something people like right. these days. So we're I'm currently working with two fabric mills in the okay. United States, and this is really cool because this is the first time I'm actually doing you know literally from what we talked about before the podcast, you know, from start to finish. Yeah, I get the this this material from the fabric mills. I, you know, there's there's like technology built in this fabric, so say to be woven down, um, button down. You know, there's UVA protection in the shirt. There's it's made from recycled fabrics and plastics. Huge, yeah. And um, you know, the the factories that are milling this are blue sign approved, meaning that they don't waste water. The water that's they're using goes back and filtrated back through the factory. Yeah. They don't use a lot of energy on lighting. 
they use uh, um, solar panels as much as they can. So that is crazy that in, how the industry is turning. Like yeah, you gotta you gotta advertise yeah. that. I mean, that's yeah. huge. And the biggest killer in in the environment, in my opinion, is industry wise would be uh, the clothing industry. Yeah, cotton. You know, cotton's terrible. If you can find organic cotton, how Patagonia does it, it's a plus. Um, but the fabric mills that I'm working with, they're great, and they work with these companies. They work with Vineyard Vines. They work with Patagonia mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's really cool to talk with these um, sales reps that you know work want to work with startups like the next Vineyard Vines or Patagonia, because that's pretty much what they're banking on is you. You know, their success is yeah. my success, right? Yeah, they want to find the success, next shooting star. Yeah, yeah. So. It's really cool, and then we find um, I found a cut and sew manufacturer, pretty much out of L.A. And what's going to happen with everything now, ranging from button downs to fleeces to outerwear, um, is everything's going to get milled through the mills, sent to my uh, manufacturer in L.A., then sent to me, and then distributed throughout the United States, which is really cool. That's awesome. Just kind of goes full circle like wow. that. Yeah. And I'm I'm huge into that because I, you know, there's too many brands out there that go overseas. Mm-hmm. And if I can keep the business in the United States, and there's going to be some items that are going to be made overseas. Sure. That's just, you that's just how you have to yeah. do it. But with the bulk products that I make, I want them to be made in the U.S. and have that tag on there because it's really cool. Yeah, it is really neat. Not a lot yeah. of people do that. Yeah. You know, so... I'm pretty proud in that aspect. Yeah. And this is just within the month of me figuring all this out. Now, how long has the business been going? Like, when did you start? A year it? and a half. Okay. Yeah. Wow, it's so cool. Yeah. So, locally, right now, you've got um, clo- you, you obviously your website, but here yeah. locally in Syracuse. So, for people that aren't listening in yeah. Syracuse, but in Syracuse, you are an American Reserve. Uh, Jay Michaels. Jay Michaels up by Syracuse University. Okay. Um, Kate and Sally and Skinny Atlas. Okay. Um, And then that's my three right now. Okay. We're working on um, places in New York State, but outside of Syracuse, Rochester. So I think that's a really good way to kind of start. You've got your local basis. You've got your online so people can find you so the people that aren't listening in Syracuse Mm -hmm. can go to your website, which is a really cool website. And then... You're growing little. You're just kind of blossoming yeah. out. I think that's a really great way to do too. it. Sure, absolutely. You know, um, patience is like the biggest thing with me. Patience like, and persistence, yeah. I would think, would be because I'm I'm a millennial. I'm a kid, right? I got I always our, our age group is we want instant gratification. Yeah, you don't have patience. You know I mean? Yeah, it's not it's not existent. And, and I, and, yeah, <laughs> and it, it, it's true, and I fight with that. Yeah, on a daily basis, sometimes. But you, I have to always sit back and say, okay, you're not going to be a, like a multimillionaire within a year. Right. you got to figure okay. out – got to be okay with yeah. this being a five, ten-year process. Yeah. Ten years down the line, that's when you, maybe you're starting to get traction, yeah. right? Well, isn't the two-year point the time when most new businesses fail? So you're almost it's there. Like six months, I'm pretty sure. Is that's it that yeah. short now? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've talked a lot about the present, so let's yeah. jump way back. So where did you grow up? Uh, Fayetteville, New York. Okay. Um, with my parents. And um, we were, were we actually lived in Manlius in Casanova. Went to Manlius, then uh, ended up staying in Fayetteville. Went to high school uh, in Jamesville. Duet. Okay. And um, so you covered the whole east side of Syracuse. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and um, 
my home life was really interesting. Like both my parents are entrepreneurs, so we didn't have that. Um, they didn't have that mindset of, okay, you're going to college and then you're going to get a job then you're going to work for someone. That's just not how my, uh, home life was spent. So you grew up in a family where both parents had their own businesses. Yeah. So you saw that right from the start. Yeah. I already, I knew that that's, that was like my, what I was going to do with my life. Okay. But, but only up probably until I started this business, that's when I knew is for sure. Yep. When I was playing hockey, my mindset was, okay, I want to go to college, play college hockey, and then maybe get a job somewhere or work under my dad and, you know, help his business out. Learn the ropes. Yeah. Okay. And thank God that didn't happen <laughs> because I like what I'm doing way more than what I would have been doing. And why do you, why do you say that? What is it um, about what you're doing that you like so much? I just, I just think it's a special, a really special thing. Um, and... To be honest, I really think this is an untapped market in Syracuse to do this, and I want to say I kind of I'm kind of a trailblazer in this. If I'm keeping it in Syracuse and growing a brand out of here, I don't see anyone doing that. No, that's true. You Not know? in the clothing world no, anyway. Yeah. No, and um, I want to be one of those first people that do that. So growing up, what else did you ever envision? Did you think, because I, I grew up in a family business, so for me yeah. it was like, oh, sure, I'm just going to go work in the family business. My thought process wasn't like, okay, it's really cool to own your own business. What am I going to own of my own? Yep. So did you growing up think, well, sure, I'm just going to go work for my dad? <laughs> well, when I was growing up, I thought I was going to the NHL. Because okay. that's how into hockey I was. Okay. Um, I'm like a tunnel vision kind of guy when I have an idea. I stick to it until it's literally there's no doors anymore. Yep. There's okay. no routes. But my dad always brought me on his job site. Um, I hated every minute of it, and he know and he knew it. Just but because of like the just, labor just, part yeah, of it, I didn't because like you it. weren't you weren't doing the site designs. No, you were there shoveling. Yeah. You were there hammering. Yeah. Uh, sure, was, yeah, right. And I don't think until I quit, which was 16 or 17 years old, I did not get. A promotion in his eyes, right? I was always doing the grunt work, yeah, which I get. Well, and that's it's great, right? And that built my character, especially playing hockey too and working for him. It really built my work ethic okay. first off, and to emulate my dad's work ethic is great because his work ethic is just, I think, hands down, the best I've seen. Yeah, especially with my mom too. Both my parents' work ethics are amazing, and yeah. I owe a lot of what I do to those guys because they. Um, they kind of groomed me when I was a kid, and they told me that, you know, no dream is too big. You know, follow what you want to do, figure out what you want to do, and, you know, try it at least, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, they're just they're really good um, influencers. Okay. Now, where did the um, desire for the, the theme of the clothing line come from? Um... Because I mean, you could have. I, I always, I always wore that. I always wore this kind of stuff. Okay. You know, if you look at me now, I kind of look ratty, but um, <laughs> I don't look like a clothing designer at all. But <laughs> or maybe you do. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But um, I always liked good-looking. I didn't like the um, streetwear that you see now. I always kind of wanted. I wanted timeless clothing that yeah. will stand for years. Yeah. And you know, polo shirts, long sleeve shirts, button downs. Hats, boots, pants, jeans, you know, that's that's what I want to make. And when you're starting a clothing company, you're kind of torn between what does the market want or what, you know, what do you want to create? 
And uh, I just stuck with my gun and said, this is what I'd like to wear. I think it's cool. If people like it, you know, let's go with it. Yeah. Now back to the flooded marketplace. So now there are a lot of companies out there um, that are based on the web now that might sell in some stores or might also sell through other websites that bring groupings of those types of clothes together. How are you – how do you figure that you differentiate yourself and how are you – getting leeway's name out there on top of some of these other ones that have been around a little longer maybe or have a little more web presence i think it's entirely because of my business plan that i've created Uh, my business plan is catered to retail and um, e-commerce but more on the retail side because i really believe in my heart that retail isn't dead yet yep with small boutiques and stuff like that. What I think Cliff's uh, Cliff's talk in, in the podcast a few weeks ago, you know, where the people are moving out of the malls. Yeah. And yes, the internet is easy, but you know, even for you me, what I want that face to face contact. I want to be able to try yeah. it on. Yeah. And if if it's if I if I purchased it once and I know how it fits, mm-hmm. then I'm fine. I just right. buy the same thing. But if if I order, I would much rather yeah. have the opportunity, if possible. To be able to go and try something on in a store and know how it fits yeah. because I bought – you know I could purchase 20 pairs of jeans but my body type for somebody who's 5'10 and I weigh 210 pounds. I'm not fat yeah. but it's a lot of muscle. I don't fit into most pairs of jeans. Yep. So it takes me a while to find the right pair. Yeah. So having that ability to be able to get into the store and try things on makes a huge difference. And it's an experience too when you go – when you walk into a store. You know, An online store is an online store. There's thousands of them. You know, there's so many pictures you can have on there that shows what your brand is. Yeah. But. So is is the web, is your web, sorry to cut you off, but is, yeah, is your website stuff kind of just um, like a bonus on top of what you're trying to yeah, get from the, re- that, so your focus is. is really the retail yeah. side. Not If stuff comes in from the website, cool. Yeah. But that's not where you yep. ideally would like to make all, you know, the majority of the sales. Right. That Yeah, that's kind of like icing on the cake. Okay. Because that is very yeah. different than a lot you of things do today. Make, you do make a lot of money direct-to-consumer. You know, when you go, when you buy, and you, the retail buys at wholesale, that's cutting your prices in half yeah. pretty much. But in volume-wise, that's where you're making your money with retail. Because um, once they purchased it, yeah. if they don't sell it, it's on them. Exactly. That's okay. like, that's so it's kind my, of like you and the fabric, yeah. the fabric salesman. Yeah, that's okay. my mindset. Um, and I believe in... I believe, yeah, like I said, I believe in retail. You know, when you're a customer and you're online, there's so many times that I've been on a website and clicked off of it because I didn't have my wallet on me because I didn't want to go put my card on there. Apple, you know, Pay, Apple yeah. Pay makes that way too easy now. Right, so. I don't have Apple <laughs> Pay because like, I'm an old school dude. But um, just still, like the the ease, I can I get the ease of it online I, it's not like i'm never going to have it on i am huge into online you know that's yeah. the, that's the new wave of you have to yeah that's the that's the future mm-hmm. it's in you know it evolves every year every day but um i'm huge into building like a house you know building a a basement meaning um retail a strong mm-hmm. retail presence and then just building up from there right foundation well and a lot of those retailers like cliff also have websites yeah so it's not only so right. it's coming through a few different places so yeah now honest question uh-huh. how many people told you you were crazy 
Uh, I get that like every day. <laughs> okay. And how do you – I mean especially early on when – I mean now it's like, okay, like look, yeah. I'm doing it. So right. you can take your crazy and walk away. Yeah. But early on when you know people yeah. might have been like, oh, well, that's really – that's a great idea, Dan. <laughs> like good – yeah, good luck this with like, – This is a good – this is really good. Talk so about. yeah, so can, yeah. describe that for people because that's a huge thing. Because right. they might get so excited, and I've had a lot of good ideas. Yeah, but my wife, shot right, rightly so, is like, uh, I don't know, right? No, no, no. And I'm like, oh, okay. So this stems back to my childhood. You know, this stems back to me playing hockey, and um, I've heard the word no so many times that it does not affect me. Okay, it doesn't. You know, you have to be callous in that when you're a business owner. Yeah. Um, so many times have been rejected in hockey tryouts. You're not good enough. You know, this team's not for you. Yep. But so many times I've literally haven't sat down. Like I, I played, I played. I tried out for my high school team uh, with CBA and JD. Uh, There's a combined team. Um, didn't make the cut. All my friends made the cut, and I go, you know, this in my. I always had this in my mind. This would be a time where someone would quit. This is when someone. How old were you when that happened? Jeez, I was like fourteen. So freshman ish in high school. Okay. This is when people would quit. It's always my mindset. Yep. I played hockey. I always trained. When they were playing, I was doing off ice stuff, and then I tried out for a junior hockey team, which is a a huge step from high school. Right. And I was like, if I make this, screw these kids. Right. Um, Okay. Watch me, right? Um, And then I made I made the junior hockey team out of Syracuse. Played, geez, up until I was 21. Exhausted all my options with hockey. And then the kids that were playing hockey in high school quit. Mm-hmm. And, and then I didn't. I was the last one pretty much out of my friend group and out of the people wow. that I knew that okay. played hockey. Yep. Good or bad, I don't know. But um, I always have that chip on my shoulder. So when people say to me, no, that's a terrible idea. What are you doing? Why don't you just go work for someone? I get that from my friends all the time. They always say, why don't you work for someone? What are you doing, man? You're just gonna sell hats, and maybe. Yeah, right. And I, I love, I love that so much. Okay. I always tell them, I was like, you have no idea what you're doing. You think maybe, like this will hurt me or waken me up, but it actually is the best thing possible. Because when I get compliments, is when I kind of get complacent. What was, and you may not have an answer to this, and if you don't, totally understand. Yeah. But what was some of the most constructive advice that you got from somebody who wasn't 100 percent like? great idea they were like okay i see it here yeah. here's i think you're crazy but here's my advice for you what how, did you get any of that yeah how are you going to be different is the biggest thing okay i get that a lot I've and you're probably you're pro- that's probably a yeah. daily struggle and i can't the imagine best question and that's the hardest question to answer right you yeah know, i'm different because to me doing it rather than another kid down the block doing it i think i've asked you that three times yeah. in this last 43 <laughs> minutes yeah that's the that's the question okay um, i've get, i've gotten a lot of constructive criticism especially from retail partners i always ask them because i'm always getting a no from them mm-hmm. right no your 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 line's too small uh your price point's not there yet um, we are too put, we're too packed. I always ask them when I'm on the phone and I'm pretty much cold calling all the time with these businesses is, well, what makes you say yes to a business? What makes you say yes to, uh, a start, a, a startup clothing company to stay in your retail store. Okay. And they always give me the answer and I write it down and, you know, I just build from there. Are the answers normally the same? Like what? Yeah. Um, you got to have market share. Um, you, 
you just got you got to have time. You're too young. That's what they always say. And you know, this is an older business, right? This is a business where you're not going to explode the first two or three yeah. years, five years. You know. So how are you getting around that? Day. Making a hundred calls and having one call. So it's a lot yes. of cold calling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I designate an hour or two hours to cold calling and and tying up, you know, emails with uh, retailers and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just cold calling with that, meeting with them face to face. I went down to Naples with my buddies uh, a couple weeks ago, or in January, and um, met with a couple stores there just to say, hey, this is you know, we're, I know we're going on vacation, but I might as well get some business out of this. Um, then there's one store that's interested in taking Oh, that's me cool. On, so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I made sure I, I what I did was I made sure I knew what was down there before I went down there. Yeah. Got all the calls in before I went. Told them, "Hey, I'm coming in here. I'd love to meet with you for like 5 minutes. I'll show you my line sheets, uh products and stuff like that." And uh, they're like, "Yeah, sure. They don't really care. They get that shit all the time." Yeah. And um they uh one shot one store gave me a chance out of the five stores that I met with, so it's pretty cool like that, but you just got to have um longevity and persistence i guess wow well that's i mean it's really cool so what is uh, as we kind of start to wind down what is the what's the what's the plan going forward like so what is the what does the product line consist of now let's start there um so the product line consists right now of hats long sleeves uh t-shirts and uh stickers right now okay mugs so plan going forward is to round out um, a full line of clothing. This is, I'll give you my two year plan, my five year, and then my yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Cool. So, my two year is um, to, you know, implement a lot of outerwear in um, more styles, button down shirts, more technology with the button down shirts, um, more retailers. Got it, 10 to 15 retailers within this two year period I really want to hit. Um, and then just keep going from there, keep gaining steam. Um, getting, you know, employees possibly. Five-year plan would be um, still doing the same thing. Keep getting retail partners, rounding out more and more outerwear, um, casual wear, making it a full line. Um, And then 10-year plan would probably be a flagship store in Syracuse. Wow. Working from there, yeah. Oh. So, like, my, my, my end goal is to have a big warehouse here, pretty much a hub here. Like I, I say, I say hub a lot, but so it's pretty much the distribution center would be in Syracuse, yep. right? I'd get all my products here, hire as many people as I can to um, ship it out to retailers, ship it out to c- customers within the United States and internationally, um, and then have my flagship possibly attached to it. But I'd like to have a f- standing store eventually. Oh, that's really cool. You know, I always have, I've always had that in my mind, um, and not to take any of my clothing out of the retail partners that I have in Syracuse either. Yeah. Because once I'd have a flagship store here, people are probably going to think, okay, you're just you're going to pull out of all these stores. Yeah. Yep. I've gained a lot of like good relationships with these guys. You know, the first guy in, in J. Michaels that gave me a shot, this was the first store I ever had, and this was five months into creating my And company. that's a big store because there's a lot yeah, of people from all huge. over the country and the world, really, yeah. that go in there. And I walked, and this is a, I'll give you this, this is a really cool story. This is, I'll give you this as a last one. But with them, I walked in, uh, I said, hey, starting a clothing company, um, 
would you be interested in taking these hats in and seeing what they'd look like and seeing if they'd sell on consignment? They're like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Gave me like they gave me four hat. I gave them four hats. They put it on there. I was like, this. I want one of these hats to be out on the the glass. They have this big glass that's out that you walk by right on the, the side. Yeah. yeah. And I wanted my hat to be displayed there because a, a couple weeks prior, me and my buddies were grabbing a beer there, and I was like, dude. I went to my friend Colin. Colin, if you're watching, um, I go, Colin, look at this. Look at this uh, window right here. I was like, I'm gonna have a hat there, and I'm gonna have my clothing company in this store. He's like, Okay, man, good luck. <laughs> Two weeks later, and then it, it ends up happening. There you are. And then none of it sells. <laughs> so, oh man! So what was that like? So they're like, Okay, we gotta pull this stuff. It's not selling. I was like, Dude, just give me one more shot, please. Just give me one more shot. Um, they gave me another shot. And God, I don't know how, but it started selling, and and you know, um, seems like every month we, I always add more stuff to it. Every, I've actually been working so hard on my other stuff that I haven't gotten to down to talk with him. But um, the manager there, Eric, he really gave me a shot, and he's a really cool dude. And every time I sit down and talk with him, we talk for quite a bit about yeah. clothing and the industry and stuff like that. So with these retail partners that I've started good people with, to have. that's good people to have. And they're, they're like my friends now, you know, yeah. they're good acquaintances, especially yeah. Cliff too. Yeah. Cliff's a really good guy. Well, he you guys are figuring too. out together. Yeah. Essentially. You know, we're kind of working together. Yeah. I mean, Cliff's been in it maybe a little bit longer than you have, yeah. but I mean, you both are, you know, you're, right. you're, you're beating down everything together. Yeah. Oh man, Dan, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much, and I I know everybody's gonna love to hear yeah. this whole story. So, the important part. Yeah. What's your website? Uh, clothing.com Okay. Instagram. Instagram is at leeway clothing. Facebook. Facebook's at leeway clothing, and Insta- and Twitter's at at leeway clothing. Okay, so it's all basically leeway yep. clothing, except for the website, which is leeway clothing.com. Yep. Okay. We're having a huge sale, so if everyone wants to buy some stuff, when's for, the sale going on? It's going on for a while because we made too much stuff. Oh, so we okay. Get it out, so. All right. Um, and is there any other places where people can find you, or is that pretty much it? Uh, those three retail stores right now, but okay. hopefully in Florida, we're going to grab that in, cool. within the month. So we'll all see. All right. Man, uh, well, we're all going to follow you for yeah, sure. And the stuff really is cool. really nice. So you've yeah, done a very good job. It's tasteful. It's timeless, like you said. It is really great stuff. And I really encourage everybody that's listening to, when you get to a place you can, go to his website, check out his Instagram, follow him. It's a really cool like lifestyle thing that goes beyond just the clothing itself. So yep. thank you, man, very much. Thank you for having me. Best of luck. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Today's episode was produced by me, Tyler Cagwin. The background music was provided by Soul Rising. Find him on iTunes, Spotify, or basically anywhere you listen to music. www.soulrising.com and at Soul Rising on Instagram. S-O-L-Rising.com Make sure to visit our website, www.ohmtravelers.com in the podcast section for today's show notes and links to the places and things that Dan discussed in the episode. Once again, make sure to visit him on his website, cculturebrand.com. Find him on Instagram at cculturebrand and then on Facebook at facebook.com slash cculturebrand. Thanks again to Dan for making the time to sit down and talk to me about how he started this business. And we'll see you in the next episode.